Amen. And so, with this, um, with these verses, uh, Pastor Mino Kim was talking about Elijah, and I was very blessed from that sermon. And so, I would like to share the blessings that I personally received. And as I was preparing for this sermon, the heart that God revealed to me. So, throughout this week, as I was preparing for this sermon. At first, I only wrote down one page, but as I continually meditated upon this passage, this outline that took one page became two pages, then it became three pages, and then from there, I, I thought, okay, I know, I gotta stop here, I gotta stop here. And so I wanted to just check one more time yesterday, and I looked at my outline once again, and it became four pages. <laughs> And so I don't know how long I'm going to preach, but I'm hoping that'll be one hour. But uh, we have no problem with times, right? You guys don't got anywhere to go, do you? <laughs> but so through Pastor Kim, we have heard many sermons in this passage. But today, uh, of course, we'll go in depth. But above that, we want to look at the background that's, uh, that that is drawing the context of this passage. And so we can see this background in chapter 16, verse uh, 34, I think it says. Uh, verse 29 in the 38th year of Asa king of Judah Ahab the son of Omri began to reign over Israel and Ahab the son of Omri reigned over Israel in Samaria 22 years and Ahab the son of Omri did evil in the sight of the Lord more than all who were before him and as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam the son of Nebat he took for his wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Sidonians, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. He erected an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which he built in Samaria, and Ahab made an Asherah. Ahab did more to provoke the Lord, the God of Israel, to anger than all the kings of Israel who were before him. In his days, Heel of Bethel built Jericho. He laid its foundations at the cost of Abiram, his firstborn, and set up its gates at the cost of his youngest son, Segub, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Joshua, the son of Nun. And so during this time, this is the spiritual situation of Israel at this time. So Ahab became king. And as you all well know, Ahab was not a good king. He was a wicked king. That before, in the sight of the Lord, he did not serve the Lord, nor did he walk in his ways. And he got married to Jezebel. And who is Jezebel? The daughter of the king of the Sidonians. She's a princess. And so instead of relying on God, he relied upon alliances with other nations, trying to strengthen his own position through alliances with the nations around him. And not only that, he began to serve Baal. Who is Baal? Baal is an idol that was widely worshipped in Canaan. 
He is the Lord of the storms. And so this word Baal, what it means is master. It means Lord. And so uh, one of the attributes to Baal was rain and thunder, lightning, and also riches. Uh, and so you could see in Baal the worship of prosperity. And what they believed was that during times of drought, that Baal was in the underground. And because he was underground, the uh, power was weak. And so that's why the rain just did not come and the water would, uh, the water would dry up. And then when, when rain came again, that Baal resurrected. And so they believe that through that power of his resurrection, that, that the riches would come back to the earth. And, and so later we'll see, right, there is a fight between Baal, the prophets of Baal, and the prophets of God, of Elijah, of God which is Elijah, right? And so these prophets of Baal, do you know where they end up being killed? They being, end up being killed in, in the stream, the river of Kihon, where there's water. That's where they are killed. And that's ironic, isn't it? Because these prophets of Baal, as they, well, as they die by the banks of the Kihon, what would they see? They see water. And what is water? Water symbolizes Baal. And so what they realize at that moment of their death is that Baal could not save them. And so, and so this is the lesson that we can take is that if we follow after the world, there will come that moment of loss. He's explaining the characteristic of this word, this sense of loss, right? And so you get lost in a dream. And, and then when you wake up, you realize that that dream was nothing but a dream. And so I thought hanta, this word was a Korean word, but it's actually a mix of various words and shortened together. And so what you realize is that why? Did I love this so much? Why did I invest so much time here? Why did I waste my time here? This time will come when you follow after the world. And so if you look at this day and age, uh, in Israel, the spiritual state was not good. As Ahab became king, he served Baal and he raised up altars to Baal and set up ashras. And his wife Jezebel, the queen, put to death the prophets of the Lord. And Ahab sits still, doing nothing did not try to stop her, nor did he resist her. He just let her do whatever she wanted. Not only that, if you look at chapter 18, verse 19, we see Jezebel sponsor the prophets of Baal and the prophets of Asherah. Altogether, it's 850 men. And 
And so they all eat at Jezebel's table. What does that mean? That means that they got to share her table with them. Or she shared her table with them. And so the Bible is explaining the circumstances very carefully. And in chapter 16, verse 39, it all of a sudden talks about this random man named Hiel. And this Hiel is brought forth not just randomly, but to explain the situation that's going on. Right? In his days, Hiel of Bethel built Jericho. And remember, what is Jericho? Jericho was the first city that Israel captured uh, and was dedicated to the Lord as the first fruit of Canaan, right? And so as they gave that first fruit when they entered into Canaan, Israel didn't have a fruit to offer. And so what did they offer? They offered this city, which was the first victory that they had in this as they entered into Canaan. And so Joshua proclaims what? That whoever, whoever rebuilds the city, the firstborn and their youngest born will die. And so what should we consider here? Is this a situation where anyone can come and build? No, the only one who could build is those who receive permission from the king. Without the permission of the king, they cannot build a new city. But Ahab permitted this. That is how much the spiritual state in this day and age was uh, was wicked. That they completely ignored the word of God or they were completely ignorant. Either way, they were lost. And so in this situation, in chapter 17, we see Elijah comes to the forefront. The name Elijah means that my God is Yahweh. My God is Jehovah. Or if you change the order a little bit, Yahweh, he is my God. And we do not know much about Elijah. All we know is that he is a Tishbite. We do not know about his family line or his genealogy. It's very simple. All we know is where he's from. And what this, the significance of this is that Elijah is someone that we consider as as, as a very mighty man in the faith, yes? But at the same time, the fact that there's not much information about him shows what? That he is an ordinary man, right? That, that the fact that there is no information about his genealogy means that he's just a common man, right? And yet, his faith was not ordinary, was it? In chapter 17, verse 2, we see him go to Ahab, right? He goes to Ahab and he fights, argues with the king. And he prophesies a drought 
and that drought goes on for years. And then in chapter 18, he, he um, challenges the prophets of Baal. And another characteristic of Elijah was he was obedient to God. In chapter 17, verse 3, when God says to hide, he hides. And in 18, verse 24, when he says, go to, uh, um, or chapter 17, verse 24, go to a widow, he goes to the widow. And then uh, when he says to go confront Ahab, he goes to confront Ahab. So when we look at Elijah, you may think that, of course, he is Elijah. But what we need to understand is think about this. If God said to you, go to the president of this country, would you be able to go? Would you be able to admonish the president in his sight? So when we look at Elijah, we can see that Elijah struggles with his generation. It describes Elijah like this in chapter 17, verse 18, I think. No. He calls, well, anyways, he calls Elijah the trouble of Israel. And so Ahab believes that this drought came because of Elijah. And how does Elijah respond to that? He says that this uh, drought did not come because of me, but it came because of you and your father. And this is chapter 17, verse 18. Right, we can see that here. One time I saw news. I saw on the news that at that time, uh, that the president of Korea at that time came to a region and a grandmother came up to the president and said this to the president. Didn't even call him, didn't even call him by uh, his, his title as pres Mr. President, but he said, she said, elder, because he was a church elder. Elder, you need to repent. And when I saw that, I, I, I remember, I was, I looked at the president's face. But he wanted to respond badly, but he was uncomfortable. But because of the cameras, he could not act however he wanted. And so he just laughed it off. But honestly, from the perspective of the grandmother, the old lady, it must have been very difficult for her. Could you imagine that? If God said to you to say something negative to the president, right? I, I'm sure you would hesitate, right? Would you not hesitate? Now, of course, you could speak freely when the president's not there, but right in front of the president, right? Wouldn't you hesitate? And yet, Elijah, it, though he's not from some noble family, and yet he had the faith to confront kings. 
So because of the politics of this day, Korea is chaotic, right? But let's say God told you to go find those politicians and proclaim to them to repent. How would you respond? I'm very curious to know. And if you look at chapter 18, verse 22, Elijah says, Elijah said to the people, I, even I only, am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. But honestly, there were other prophets, right, during this time. Obadiah has hidden away a hundred prophets. And yet Elijah says that he is alone. It's, it's not that he was unaware, but rather... During this time of wickedness, in this time of rebellion against, against God, that there was only one who could stand before the tides of darkness, that I am alone. As, as, as someone who can challenge the prophets of Baal, in a, in, a, in a very um, public sense that I am only left. I am the only one. And so let's say that 450 were, uh, were opposing you. 450 were opposing you. And in that state, you are alone. That's probably not an easy situation to be found in, is it? When 450 says, you're wrong! Right? Wouldn't you... Yeah, I mean, most likely, we would just cower, right? But look at the faith of Elijah. That 450 people, that, what is that? That's the size of our church. Let's say 450 people, our, our church was protesting against you, saying, get out of here, get out of here. And yet, not having fear, but being able to courageously stand before them, that is amazing faith, isn't it? And so I bless you that you would have the faith of Elijah. And when you look at this, Elijah was confident in his, in his identity. It didn't matter that there was 450 prophets who were standing against him. Boldly and confidently, he stood before them in defiance of them and proclaimed the word of God. And so he was able to see himself clearly and know exactly who the God he served was. And so when we look at Elijah, Elijah was someone who knew the heart of God. So, as we look at chapter 18, what is it that God wants? Where is God's will here? Right, there's this, there is this confrontation. Right, which God answers with fire? But what is God's purpose here? Oh, I'll show them who I am. No, that's not His purpose. 
God's interest is not in victory in this confrontation, but his interest, his focus is on his people, is on his children. This confrontation, this challenge, is not actually a challenge, right? It's like this. It's like, it's like taking a pro basketball player playing against a team of elementary schoolers. Who's going to win? Of course it's the pro basketball player. So you cannot say that that's a challenge. And yet, maybe some of you think like this. But pastor, it's not five, it's 450. Now, of course, if you count by numbers of people, it's 450 versus one. Yes, there may be difficult to hear. And yet, and yet Elijah knows who God is. So it doesn't matter if 450 people stand against him. It doesn't matter if those 450 dance or cry out to Baal. It doesn't matter. He will not cower, but rather... Rather, make fun of them, right? Maybe Baal's sleeping. Or maybe he, maybe he went somewhere. Maybe he needs to be awakened. And so earlier, when we looked at Baal, right, when did we say Baal is strongest? It's when uh, the rainy season comes. But right now it's drought, right? It's drought. And so if you look at it from that perspective, then that's when Baal is weak, right? And so what does Elijah do? Not only does he put the offering on the altar, he pours water on top of that altar. Because this challenge is not a challenge at all, he's trying to make this fight a fair fight so he pours water on top of the altar until it's drenched in water it's the same thing because it's not a challenge to God right whenever uh, an adult arm wrestles with a child right um, I'll, I'll challenge you with just two fingers or I'll challenge you with just my pinky right okay that's what this situation is right now so basically, this competition is no competition at all. So God's interest is not in the competition, but on His children. In this spiritual state where they have lost God, His focus is on their restoration, on them finding God again. And so these days we are praying fervently for Central America. And why, have you ever thought about why God is interested in Central America? It's the same thing. It's not because there's no church there. There's many churches there. And yet, why is God sending us to this faraway land where we do not even know the language? It's simple. Because of God's children. Because of God's children who are there and also for the children of God who are here.
So when we look at this competition, Elijah never doubts for a moment that God is going to win. That's why he says, you can go first and pour water on the altar. He, 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 he lets them take the first shot. Because God, Elijah believed that God, the Lord, is the true God. And so in chapter 17, he prays like this. Oh, wait, no. Okay, verse 37, 36. He, the, Elijah the prophet came near and said, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Okay, so verse 36. This is his prayer. This is all he prayed. Lord, let them know that you are the true God in Israel. Let them know that you are God. And then in verse 37, Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back. And so this is where Elijah's heart is. He's not worried about the competition, right? And same thing with God. Their heart is in Israel turning back to God. Israel turning their hearts back to God. So in 37 it says, uh, 36, that let them know. And, and so this is the same word as yada and ra'ah. To know. Not just simply from an information standpoint, but this to know. It includes to know, to experience, but also to know the fact. It's not, oh, because I want to believe that I know. No. It's just that this is fact, clear as day. What is fact? That God, the Lord God, is God. That Baal is a false God. That God is only God. And as Pastor Kim was preaching on Elijah, when he says that God is true God, is that when you truly believe that God is the only is the true God, you cannot help but live only for that God. And that is what how Israel is supposed to live. That is the calling that they received. But in this day and age, in this generation, as these idols are being established and the prophets of the Lord are being killed and the prophets of Baal and the prophets of Asherah are lifted up, the people are confused. And so for three years, rain did not come. And they farmed in vain. They sowed and plowed in vain. There was no fruit. So their lives are, is difficult. But where are the prophets of Baal and Asherah eating? They are feasting in the palace. So when the people saw that, oh, is that the answer? Is this the answer? Is Baal the answer? So they were probably very confused.
God, the Lord is the only God of Israel. And when we live with that Lord, what happens? The Lord reveals to Israel that He is God. He reveals, He lets them know that they, He is God. And how? Through miracles, through holiness. That God's holiness covers over and is manifest upon the people. But this is impossible for idols to do. No matter how much you serve idols, those idols will never manifest themselves. In the New Testament, Jesus calls us to be the salt and light of the earth as the people of God, as His children. We must be salt and light to this earth. And for this end, we need to acknowledge God as God and live in His dominion. But if you are tempted by the world and you are um, enticed by its sweetness and its, 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 um, its enticement, then we can no longer be the salt and light to the world. And in verse 37, Elijah says this, that you have turned their hearts back. And this is God's heart for His people. And so Elijah prays, Lord, reveal that this is your heart to, their pe- to them. Show them how much you love them so that they can turn back to you. Show them that your interest is not in putting uh, the prophets of Baal to shame, but rather your interest is in them. And so this word you have turned is the word Hebrew, Shababu. Of course, it means to turn back, but not just to turn back, but that their hearts would turn back. Their hearts have gone astray, but now their hearts will return to where it's meant to be. And so Elijah's prayer here. Is that the people of Israel who have forsaken God would forsake Baal and return back to God? That is his prayer, and his prayer includes the heart of God. Israel is the people of God and the children of God, and so they can only survive by returning their hearts to God. If their hearts are resting in the world or in themselves, then they cannot live in that relationship with God. And that means that they will um, suffer spiritual drought as they see the drought in the land. Elijah is someone who knows the heart of God. And through this conference in young adult, or through this conference for the young adults, many of the young adults met with God and came to know his heart. If you listen to the testimonies, they all say the same thing that I thought this, but this wasn't the case. I was mistaken. I was deceived. We see many of the young adults confess this, yes? And so when we live in faith, 
our character is transformed into his image. Why? Because we come to know his heart. And if you look at 1 Kings 18, there are an important word here. There's a very important word here in chapter 18. There's a key word here in chapter 18. And this word is answer. And so let's look at how this word answer is used and who uses it. And so first, Let's see Elijah's answer to Israel. If you look at chapter 18, verse 21, Elijah came near to all the people and said, How long will you go limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people did not answer him a word. So they are silent. That's their response, is silence. Elijah tells to them, make a decision. If Lord is God, follow him. But if you're going to follow Baal, then follow him. Lay a decision. Don't go back and forth. This word, limping, we see again in verse 26. Right? Limping, they limped. In Hebrew, basak. And then in verse 26, when the prophets of Baal are dancing, the word they use for dancing is limped. It's the same word. And so Elijah is saying to the Israelites, how long are you going to serve the idols? How long are you going to keep falling after Baal because of this drought? You are the nation of God. So, lay, so make your decision. Remember who you are. But the answer of the people was silence. They could not say anything. This is the spiritual state of Israel at this time. And if you look at verse 24, Elijah is laying down the challenge, right? And you call upon the name of your God, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. And all the people answered, it is well spoken. So again, in other words, good idea. Isn't something weird here? Should they have answered like this? The people of God, the people of God, they've lost completely who God is. 
When they said, it is well spoken, let's go for it. What this means is that they are putting Baal and God in the same level. And because they look at it at the same level, let's see who is the stronger God. That's what they're saying. But who is our God? He is the only God. He is the one and only God. Then what are other gods? They are not gods. They are simply images created by the hands of man. And yet, look at what the Israelites are saying. Oh, it's a good idea. Let's put the challenge. Let's put them to the test. It's such a regrettable answer, isn't it? Let's look at the next response. <laughs> this is the answer of Baal to his prophets. So the prophets of Baal begin to cry out to Baal for, uh, from, from the morning to the day. So if you look at verse 26, 27, 28, they cry out and cry out, and yet Baal doesn't answer. Why? Because he is not a god. He is fake. And so in the... Uh, mindset of an Israelite. There's only one God. Everything else is just the demons. And yet here, what do we see in the Israelites is that they expect that there are other gods. And so they put these two gods to the test to see which one is stronger. But look here. Can any false gods challenge the one true God? No. And yet, the people, I'm sure many of them wanted an answer from Baal. That way, they could be successful and eat and have a harvest. But no matter how much the prophets of Baal danced or cried out or cut themselves with swords and lances, no one answered. No one paid attention. Why? Because they are not, because Baal is not God. And third, let's look at the Lord's answer to Elijah. This is today's text, right? From verse 37 to 38. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back. Then, then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. If you compare Elijah to the prophets of Baal, the prophets of Baal cried out, danced, and cut themselves from morning till, till night, did all kinds of religious rites, but there was no answer. And yet, Elijah 
As he came to at the time of the offering of Elijah, oblation, Elijah prays, and immediately the power of God manifests in fire. That he shows that he is the one true God. He didn't say, "Wait a little bit. I'm a little busy right now." No. Immediately, as Elijah prayed, God's fire fell from heaven. What does this show us? That God's interest is fully on Elijah at this moment in time. That God's interest is in you, my brothers. It's not about what you are doing, but in you. Even now, God's interest is in you. He is focused on you. It's like God is saying to you, I am the one true God. Have faith in me. Call upon my name and I will answer you with fire. And yet, many times we are like Israel. We lose our identity. We are deceived. We think that the world has strength. We think that the world is good. And so many times we go limping between two different opinions. We need to make a decision, but we cannot make a decision. We go back and forth. We limp. And so what I desire from you is through this service is that you would decide for God. That if amongst you, like Israel, limping between two different opinions, I pray that let's say you are going back and forth between the Lord and the world or the Lord and something else. I pray that you would lift up a time of decision today, that you would make your decision to repent today. And so now let's look at the last answer. It's the answer of Elijah, verse 39. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. So what this is, that the Lord, the Lord alone, the Lord alone is God. This is the moment that they realize this. This is the moment that they have faith. And they fell on their faces and confessed. What that means is that they repented. Their hearts were turned back. Oh Lord, I was deceived. Oh Lord, I was deluded. Oh Lord, I thought that these things were just as strong as you. I thought that these things would bring my happiness. And so repentance came. But this repentance. It's not them. 
confessing that the Lord is best of many gods. No, what is the confession that they make in their repentance? Is that the Lord alone is God. It is only now that Israel sees who God is and has faith in who He is and repent. Earlier, what did we see? That they could not answer Him a word. They were hesitating between the two different thing, options that they thought that they had. But now, through God's answer, mighty answer of fire, answer, uh, Israel re realizes that our God is one. And so, let us pray. If amongst you, as you've been attending Yobang Church, are any of you suffering spiritual drought? Just as one young adult confessed that this worship just was simple time spent, that even though I came just waiting for the time to end, is there any among you still like this? If there is, I pray that you would cry out to God, that God, are you truly God? Through our church, God has brought about many miracles, demons being casted out, sicknesses being healed, even bones growing from nowhere. Many miracles have happened in this church. And what we should realize through this is that God alone is God that our God is one. And as we continually hear the testimony throughout this month, it's not just this young adult. I don't know. No. So we see that this young adult has transformed, has been changed. That his heart has turned back to God. That that person met God and was transformed. We can see this, the truth of this, yes? And the word of God, the truth is being proclaimed. So as we hear these words, if you still have spiritual drought, then at this time, I pray that you will look rightly at God. That Lord, my desire is to meet with you. Lord, I have been deceived. Lord, take this deception away from me. This spirit of selfishness that makes me focus on myself. Every obstacle from meeting with you, Lord, with fire, come and burn it away. Lord, I want to know you more. 
Lord, I do not want to be self-centered, but I want to live God-centered. I want to live a life that is obedient to your word. Let us pray. Amen. I want to pray for one more thing. Uh, through this conference many of the young adults have been restored to God and the young adults have risen up they have risen up and now it's time for the rest of us to rise up with them and so it's time for us to restore our relationship with God and so this is what I want to pray for that if we are still limping in between God and the world then Lord forgive us Lord we recognize this and we confess that Lord, yes, we do know you, but sometimes we are tempted by the world. Sometimes we are tempted by the methods of the world. We think that what the world says is correct. We think that the answer lies within the world. But Lord, we confess right now that that is all false. That you alone are my God. That you alone are the way. You alone are the truth. You alone are the life. And so Lord, I don't want this, simply, this knowledge to simply be a religion, but Lord, Lord, may your word manifest in my life. May your word take root in my life. May all the obstacles to receiving you be burnt away in holy fire. Lord, as the Israelites made this confession saying that you alone are God, we want to make this same confession. Answer us with holy fire. Okay, uh, I had a good trip to Italy. And why did I go to Italy? Because remember, everything that we do in Yorbang Church is not because I want to do it. No, it's all fulfillment of the prophecy that God is giving us. And so when I heard that Ant Engineering was had a business trip to Italy, God gave me this inspiration that I need to go with them. And I, I, I was thinking to God, why am I going? Am I going to rest? Am I going to just on for vacation? Especially with this, with the timing of all these things, right? There was there was a wedding, and there was also the retirement worship. And yet, God kept giving me the inspiration that I should go. And God said, go, lay the foundations. Right? Whenever you build a building, you first begin by laying the foundations, right? It's about laying the foundations. And so I went to go lay the foundations. And so what is the season that is upon us? It's the time for the remnant to rise up. And when the remnant rise up, what's important, as it says in Zechariah 5, is to lock the prostitute in the land of Shinar. And so go to Shinar. Okay, so I went to go lock her up in Shinar, right? That's what it says in Zechariah chapter 5. 
And so right now we are being separated from Babylon, separated from, from, from the Antichrist, and so that the remnant can do what they need to do. So we have nothing to do with the great prostitute any longer. And so it's time for this um, this house, this build a house to the land of Shinar, and they will set the basket down there on its base, right? That's what I went to go do. And so look, what, what Yarbang Church has been doing is fighting against the Antichrist, fighting against the great prostitute. Right, we see in Revelations 18 that the time is going to come soon where the great prostitute rides on the back of the Antichrist. And ever are they working together. And God has worked very hard, very passionately to remove these hooks of the of, of, of Babylon within our community. And so it's time for us, amen, to continually allow God to, to turn our hearts back to Him. And all of these re, uh, revelations of our de of the deceptions that have holded, holded us down, of the hooks that have kept us to the great prostitute and to Babylon, they're all being revealed, amen? And so uh, I'm grateful for this. And and now it's time for us to rise up according to what God wants. And so I went to Italy to, to lay these foundations and also to take back the material uh, wealth that, that they have take, stolen from us. And honestly, this fight was actually relatively easy. I just went there and God has already done everything. And so, and so we just enjoyed. And while we were there, what was best for us was to have worship early in the morning. That was the best. There was so much grace of God pouring out upon us every morning as we gathered up. I hope that you are doing well, uh, Deacon Pyeongchul Kim. And then the second thing that was enjoyable for me, you know, the young ones really love, love Italian food, right? But I don't like Italian food. And so what was best for me was eating instant noodles, right? There was Japanese instant noodles. That was my second joy, was eating instant noodles in Italy. I had a lot of instant noodles. Right? It felt like I was being loosened up. I had noodle, instant noodles at, for dinner and instant noodles also in the morning for breakfast. Okay, I went to all four corners of Italy and so it wasn't that I, I, I didn't purposely do this but, but I went to all four corners of Italy and as we were meeting with the various people what I confirmed is that ah, God wants us to live by faith every one of them was afflicted by hurts and wounds they were all shackled right and so they just live because they're living. They're, they, they have no purpose. There's no drive in any of them. The, and Italy's GDP is similar to our country, right? And, and so, so it's not as if they are powerless men. And yet, when I look at them, I see that they are living such vain lives. 
that they cannot expect anything, that they are not living for anything. They, they are just reacting to everything, all the forces around them. But anyway, so God is going to bear fruit, is going to bring us fruit, and through God's visitation, God's glory will be revealed. Amen? And so, now as we uh, run towards Costa Rica and Honduras and Los Angeles, the Lord, uh, I... I plead that you would continue to sacrifice. Amen. And so, uh, there's about 44 people registered. I hope 55 people will come. But, but uh, if if we end here, that's fine with me. But I hope more people will register for this conference. And we will soon be going to Central America. I think that uh, even in the situation in Central America, there's about 900 people. And also the LA conference is not on the announcements, but I will be going to three different churches in LA. So I'll be leaving this country on the 8th of March. Uh, the conference will begin on the 11th, but I'll be going a little bit earlier to get adjusted to the jet lag. And we have a general assembly on the 6th of March, and so right after that assembly is finished, I'll be leaving the day after for Central America. And we will be having this general assembly here at our church. And so at 9.30, uh, there'll be um, um, interview for the two who candidates to be pastors and then at 10 we'll have a general assembly and then at 1030 we'll have worship and so you are all invited to the worship at 1030 and because uh, Pastor Kuhn and Pastor Peter will be ordained and so please come at 1030 okay, 1030 to celebrate with us and to worship God together. Um, elders, you are also invited to the assembly as well. Uh, if you have time, please make it to the assembly. And then for the rest of us, we are invited to the worship at 10.30. And then for other announcements, uh, NSIP and NB will be having graduation ceremony together. Uh, they'll have um, gen uh, graduation on the 24th, so next Friday, or this upcoming Friday at 8 p.m. And then as for the wedding on March 1st, it'll be at 2 p.m. Right next next week, next week Wednesday. Okay, so not this coming Wednesday, but next Wednesday. And this coming Friday will be the graduation for MBN answer. So I think that's all the announcements for today. And many people are fasting. Uh, Deacon Songyeon will be finished the day after tomorrow. And Taeung and Koon have begun. And so, uh, I.
And so this fasting has continued. Uh, more people have been uh, volunteering. So please continue to pray for them. And so uh, continue to fast. And as always, your commitment and dedication is needed for for these overseas conferences. This isn't just speaking about just your money. It's not just money, but but fasting, praying. And even if you yourself don't go, maybe you can uh, sponsor someone else to go, right? And so all of Central America and few pastors from South America will be attending this conference. And uh, we're not, con- this is not yet confirmed, but there are people com- maybe coming from Cuba. Uh, confirmed is people from Dominican Republic. So all over Central America and the Caribbean, even from IT, Dominican Republic, and then also a family from IT will be coming to be receive training here in Korea. Uh, I should say Haiti, right, in, in English. But anyways, um, so all over Central America, this, this amazing conference. And so whether you are going to be there in person or not, we are all one team. Amen. And so commit to this ministry of life. And, and uh, the glory and this blessing is shared amongst all of us. Amen. And honestly, uh, the cost for this conference is very expensive. And of course, God is going to provide. But through your commitment and through your dedication, we take part in it. Amen. And so whether it's in money or in prayer, in fasting or sponsorship of other people, uh, I, I ask of you for your um, participation. So let us close this service. Uh, we'll continue to have this testimony until next week. And we pray that this revival would flow to all the generations. And remember that God is showing His will to establish His remnant in in these times. And so let's pray that this grace will continually to be reinforced as it flows out to Costa Rica, Honduras, and Los Angeles. That it would bring about the revival of the remnant all over the world that they could be united. And it's for this that I went to Italy. And so God is opening up the time of the remnant. And so he is opening up the path for his chosen generation. That it's time for you to be separated from the great prostitute, to be completely separated from Babylon. That you have not, you do not have to concern yourself with them. And so it's not just the young adults, but that this revival that came upon the young adults would flow to all the generations. Lord, may this being of the church unite us. May we be a body of the church that shares life. May we all rise up together. Beloved Holy Spirit, 
at this time. All the work of the great prostitute, we bind it and we cast it out. Separate the Antichrist from this community. Separate the power of the world from this community. May we rise up in blamelessness, in purity, and in holiness. Lord, upon Costa Rica, Honduras, and Los Angeles, may this revival be reinforced and, re, uh, and, and continue to flow out. Lord, uh, the, the sick shall be healed, the broken shall be restored, and we shall see revival come upon this land. Lord, may Yobang Church continually pour everything out to participate and to share in this calling that you have given us, in this mission that you have given us to bring life, to proclaim the good news. Lord, may this victory continually flow, flow to every member of this church. May all the mixed things of the great prostitute come to the surface, be revealed so that we can cast it out, Lord. Oh, Lord, work amongst us. Lord, we believe in your will for this great victory. And so, Lord, give us confidence in this victory. Give us confidence in this victory. Work in us. Lord, we claim all the riches that you have granted us through Italy. And so, Lord, now may all the riches that have been stolen from us by the devil be revealed. Be revealed at this time. Be revealed. May all the obstacles that tried to take us, take this faith away from us, all the unbelief, all the immorality, all of these tools of the devil be revealed and cast out. Work amongst us, Lord. Amen. And whenever I go out overseas, I always feel this, that it's always God. God has given us the victory. Really, as I went to Italy, I see this. The answer is the church. And so I felt once again how important the church is. In this season, as we receive this revival, it's about God's will to establish his church. And so as Deacon Bernie said, dive into the pool. Dive into the pool. We need to enter into the church. Amen? And so if you are not still transparent, if you're always hiding in the back, brothers, look, if you don't have this being of the church, if you do not understand you are in the church, then you cannot have a good relationship with me. And so, there's, there's two kinds of people who do not have the being of the church, in, right? One is, is they do not say anything to me and they make all the decisions themselves. And then another is, is that they make the decision and then they just report to me, right? And, and I don't care what they do. They just do what they want because, but then there is the third type of person, which is what? Is continually and intimately speaking with me, working with me, talking with me, sharing everything with me. And so I bless you that we would all have this relationship, this relationship where life flows to one another, where we are transparent with one another, where we can share our hearts with one another, pray for one another. Right? Kohabi, right? 
Why is your mother so so um, spiritually awakened when she is is when she is a Muslim, right? So much diverse spirits. Okay, you should bring your mother. I think your mother has good discernment. But grateful, grateful. Right, this sister who is so spiritually awakened has come to believe in Jesus Christ. But your Korean is really bad. But anyways, let's pray. And so bless Yabang Church, Lord. That, Lord, may we truly be one as one body. Lord, that this church would be a church that moves in line to your will. That we are transparent with one another. That we are open to one another. That we would show, see that we have one life, one love. And so, Lord, may your church fill this church, fill this community. May we be united as one church. Bless this, bless us with this unity, Lord. And may the church be established. Let us pray all together. Be in this place, living God. Authority and power that you have granted to the church, all the riches that you have granted to the church, may it manifest that wherever we go, the victory of the church would be established, the victory of the church would be claimed. Be upon this place, Lord, more powerfully, Lord. Already, those of you who are sensitive will realize that I have taken, I have pillaged the great prostitute. And so receive this in faith. This all belonged to God. And this great prostitute is so rich. But, but look, look at Italy. Italy is suffering from poverty. And yet, and yet Rome is rich. Rome is filled with so many riches. And so in faith, I have reclaimed all of this. This all originally belonged to God. God. And so as children of God, let us know and have faith in the riches and the abundance of the church. Lord, open, open these vessels, open these channels in faith. Take claim of it. Lay hold of it. Oh, God of this community, in the name of Jesus, we take back all the riches of the great prostitute. Open the channels, Lord. Open the channels. May the riches that brings life to the remnant be filling us up in this place. That through us, Lord, that we would bring these riches to Africa, to Central America, to all over the world, Father. That your riches will once again bring life to your remnant. Loosen it, Lord. Unleash it, Lord. Unleash it to the remnant. That you would open every channel of God's blessing for your remnant, Lord. Lord, Lord, more. May we be holy, Lord. In the name of Jesus, take hold of it in faith. Claim it in faith. Truly, this world, all over the world, they are suffering from famine. Really, the situation in Italy is terrible. 
The cost of fuel there? The cost of 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 the cost of 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 petrol. Petrol. It's so expensive, and yet, and yet, it's on the better side in Europe. And so, cost of fuel is so so heavy these days. All over the world, they are going into a time of famine. And after Turkey's uh, earthquake, this is it, the pace is getting rapid. And as I saw that, on one side of me, I was filled with joy, because really, we're, I'm see, witnessing that. That, that we are entering into the time where without faith we cannot survive. And honestly, our country, in that perspective, is still good. Right? Italy, Italy, they're so poor. So when I went to Italy, I, I, I found such discomfort because the system there is so poor. And so I thought, I thought about it. Why is Korea so rich? It's because Yerbang Church is here. Amen. And so in this day and age, that the secret to life is living by faith. And so do not be mistaken, brothers. It's not through your strength. It's not through your plans. It's not through your preparation. No. When I went to Italy, the difference between their businesses and between us is that they have tradition, right? Many of them, many of their businesses are 100, 200 years old. And so they have this know-how. They have this, they have this knowledge and, and, and this tradition. But it doesn't matter their plans. Their good plans, their good preparation, it doesn't result in anything. And so in faith, we claim it all. Only those who live in faith are true, real. It doesn't matter how much you calculate. It doesn't matter how much you prepare. Nothing of your mind will come to nothing. It's only faith. Hallelujah. And so, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Here is faith. We have faith. Faith will be victorious. Faith, faith will make the stand. And so, Lord, Lord of this community, once again, pour out powerful faith upon this community. Power it out, Lord. Take claim of everything in faith. Receive the Sabbath rest of faith. More powerful faith, Lord. More, Lord. More, more, more. Oh, Lord, be present in this place. More, Lord, overflow. May the community enter to the Sabbath rest of faith. May they have pure faith, faith that does not doubt. More, Lord, overflow. Oh, Lord, we thank you. You have given great grace to our young adults. And through this grace, may this community be shaken, Lord. And may this shaking flow to the nations, flow to all the remnant. And may this victory bring about greater victory in Central America. And Lord, 
give great inheritance to this community. And Lord, as you send your servant, you have sent me to tie, bound the great prostitute. And so, Lord, upon the land that has been polluted by the great prostitute, Lord, may we tear apart all the works that the devil has done. And upon Central America, may you unleash your blessing, unleash your, 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 your good news. And Lord, raise up your remnant, raise up your remnant that they could do their business and say to the devil, you do whatever you do because I'm going to do my business. And so, Lord, may your amazing work be revealed. May your amazing work be revealed in our inheritance, in our business, in all of their lives. In, may it be revealed. May it be manifest. Remnant all over the world, arise. Remnant all over the world, arise. Lord, may amazing works that we have never seen before, may amazing works that we have never seen before be witnessed by this community. Show them what great works will happen when you live by faith. Show them, Lord. Fill them with a new anointing, Lord. More anointing, God. Amen. Lord, we lift up this offering to you in faith. Though the world is falling into famine in this season, those who live by faith will not be bound as the world is bound, will not have famine as the world has famine, but we will see your riches. And so, Lord, through your servant, you have reclaimed the riches of the great prostitute. May those riches flow to this community, flow to this community, not for their sake, but for the sake of sending forth to the remnant all over the world. Yes, Lord, receive this offering. Be pleased with this offering as this community confesses that they will not live by the riches of this world, but that they live by you and you alone. Now, by the grace of Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church, and through the holy love of the Father and the indwelling, comforting, fulfilling work of the Holy Spirit to the saints who truly determined to live by God, who determined to live by the answer of fire upon their family, upon their business inheritance, upon all over this nation and the church, upon Zoe Ministry and Yobang Church, may this blessing rest now and forevermore. Amen. <laughs>